Welcome to another episode of Anarchy in Space. Oh, you see, you went the other way with it. I thought you were going to drag that out for a while. I did. I like to keep them guessing. That's that's my thing. This is episode number 12, covering uh, episode 2 of season 2 of The Expanse. Yes. I'm Nikki P here with Mr. Eric Heiler. How are you doing today, Eric? Uh, vertical and sucking oxygen as expected. I am locked in my home because my mayor of my city decided that we're going to be under house arrest from noon until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Is your mayor exhibit? Because he heard you like lockdowns, so he put lockdowns inside your lockdowns. Nice. That's so ridiculous. Are you, are you making fucking pimp my ride jokes like about 15 years too late? Yeah. Good, good. We wouldn't have it no other way, Eric. That's what I'm here for. So this is going to be an interesting episode because me and Eric both watched this episode a week ago. Right. And then like like we got together and we decided we weren't going to record it. But now like we, we never bothered to go back and rewatch the episode. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're talking about it like a week out. So things are going to get pretty wonky. And maybe I'm just going to talk about a different book instead. Who knows? So we'll start with the expanse and then we'll just end up talking about a Star Wars episode, uh, Star Wars for the last 10 minutes. Oh, no, we're not going to end up talking about Star Wars Uh, or Star Trek or any of those other destroyed franchises. Yes. So anyways, we're here. It was an interesting episode. Once again, like, man, they're really keeping the pedal to the metal on the the series at this point. Like they do not they do not give up like they just pummel you with shit happening. Uh, so the meat of this episode, from what I recall, is the Rosinante is now going to, they're on a mission to go to an outpost to see what the hell's going on there. And it's where I believe the doctor ran to is the idea. If that's correct. Right. Yep. Now, do they know that at this point or, or not? Or is that something they find when they get there? I, th- <sighs> I'm seeing now we're. Having to strain the old, uh, I know, I know, old uh, neurons here. I want to say that they knew the doctor was there, or at least had been there. Okay, because that all came from that um, information that they found with the uh, with the proto molecule in the last episode. Okay, so the idea here being is that we have uh, they're going to go, they're going to breach this uh, outpost and fuck shit up. I guess is the goal. They don't really. I feel like we, it's not important to us what their goal is when they get there. Maybe they're trying to get information, find somebody who knows something. Right. But, you know, Fred Johnson sends them with a crew of OPA, kind of makes a joke about, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a mercenary any, anymore. You know, I don't, well, I'm just a guy here building spaceships. I, I'm not a military leader. Yeah. And so they decide to do this mission and... So now Fred has to go and find people on Tycho Station that will go and help these people on their mission. Problem is, is that as with any anarchist group, as if you're watching things going on in the world today, (laughs) you know, people have different ideas on how that all should work. Right. And they don't always agree with each other. And it becomes clear that not all the factions agree with Fred Johnson and what's going on. And maybe they want to maybe they want a piece at the the head table. They want to try and lead this thing on. And so... 
What does Fred Johnson do to, you know, when people uh, come after his authority there, Eric? Uh, they get spaced. Just bye-bye. And and it's happened so fast. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just threw that fucking dude out of an airlock so fast you didn't even think about it. Yeah, the first time I watched this episode, I just thought he was going to give him an ass whooping. Kind of like, a, yeah, you know who daddy is now? But nope, he threw him in the airlock. I like that he didn't because, truthfully, Fred Johnson is not a young man. That's true. That's true. Like, he, he, he's kind of an older gentleman, and I, I don't think they, I, I feel like he's actually older than they give him credit for in the series. Like, in the books, I get the impression he's a lot older. So, maybe him not going out and starting fights is probably the smarter choice. Right. But, you know, it, it, it's a fucking alpha move, and... I guess from your position, you know, looking at it from where we're at, like, how do you feel about taking that action? You know, do you, do you think that that is just, uh, you think that, that that warrants him throwing the guy out of fucking airlock to protect <laughs> himself, you know, or keep, maintain power or something like that? Yeah, that, not the way I would have handled it, but uh, I can certainly understand why he would do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I felt some sort of way about it. I, I Honestly, going through this the second time, I like Fred Johnson a lot less. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like, like I feel like I feel like Fred Johnson is a fucking far sneakier, kind, more conniving person than I gave him credit for. Like, I like Havasarala more, and I like Fred Johnson less. <laughs> That's interesting. Which I find weird. Yeah. So, needless to say, he ends up getting the the people together to go down there, you know, and he he maintains his control over Tycho Station's OPA factions. Now, Holden has signed up the crew to go, and there's some contention about whether or not Miller's going, because Miller doesn't have to, you know, he's not technically part of the crew, so, you know, Holden says, like, I mean, you don't have to, you have to go, I think they're talking, he's like, well, I'll clean my bunk out, you know, and it's like, yeah, he tells him, you can go clean your bunk out, or whatever, and he's like, nah, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna do this. Right. <laughs> and you're kind of like, um... <laughs> I'm kind of confused at this. Do you, you have a death wish? Because it doesn't sound like there's a serious likelihood of this all working out for anybody. Right. But okay, I guess. So there's a great scene. And, and it's interesting to me because this particular character pops up a lot in the series until he stops. The kid. Yeah. And they're actually on the, the breaching pods. Yep. Which, which, so you have Miller, who's a cop which I find funny in the situation because he's all of a sudden really confused about how things work because he's never had to be in an operation like this. Yeah. And uh, sexy, sexy Kamina. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> there's an, he's like, so, so what's going to happen when we get there? Like, where, where do we, where do we go? Like, what do we do? And, he, and, and this is the, like the best line is just like, there's going to be an explosion and this wall is going to disappear. Yeah. Go through it. <laughs> That was one of my favorite. It was like, that's going to blow up and then there'll be a door. Yeah, I like think it's so fucking funny. What's the go signal? It's like, yeah, come on, yeah, dude. That's it. What's the go signal? <laughs> Explosion and there's a doorway. But there's the kid that he's like, that's he's talking to as he's going down there. And like he's trying to trying to kind of do like a father figure kind of moment with the kid. Yeah. But the kid has clearly lived, I guess, more of a normal belter life yeah so this kid has spent his entire life kind of in the underbelly of society and so the kid's probably doing more to kind of take care of miller at this point than not yeah as evidenced like you know they're all the belters are fine with it but he he's like legitimately vomiting from dealing with like all of the, the being in space shit yeah I think this is the thing you make crack about fucking hate space and yeah, <laughs> they're like, what kind of belter are you? You know? Yeah, exactly. So they get on the ship and they uh, they manage to real easy. 
very little resistance. All of a sudden, they find themselves in a room with a bunch of people. <laughs> All hell breaks loose, and they just start fucking mowing down these people that are, like, attached to these computers. Yeah, everyone's, like, in a virtual reality kit. And as soon as they pull the plug on it, they all freak out like a little 10-year-old that you just told to get off of uh, Fortnite. Oh, no. It's far worse than, like, an, we'll say an autistic 10-year-old or, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad. And then all of a sudden, like, I think they, they try, they're trying to keep some... Like, I think it's Holden stops him, tries to keep somebody alive. No, Miller stops him from killing the last guy that was in that room. Okay. And he's like, guys, guys, we need information. Yeah, we need someone to, we need someone who could talk. Yeah. In, in this episode, does it become clear they're not going to get any information out of those people? Right. That's another matter later on. But So they're searching the facility, and then eventually they find the doctor. Yep. And the doctor is just like, Jesus Christ, what did you do in here? Not in a way that like, he necessarily thinks it's terrible that people died in the, well, you've halted my research momentarily, and this is unconscionable. Yeah. He was uh, more upset that he's now going to have to stop and talk to them rather than yeah. continue working. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the interesting things about this scene is that, so that character is clearly fucking bonkers. If if you didn't think he was bonkers the first time we met him, you're definitely going to think he's bonkers because this dude yeah. like believes that he has a scientific finding that is literally going to be the the greatest thing for humanity ever. Like He, he thinks he's going right. to change life as we know it off his discovery, and he does not care how many people have to be buried to test to find out, you know, as much as we can. I think, I feel, it, honestly, it feels very similar to kind of the Coove shit that we had to deal with, <laughs> you know, where you get the impression that like, are we drawing parallels to Dr. Fauci here? Look, all that matters is the virus. Yes. <laughs> you know, all that matters is the protomolecule, whatever we have to do to understand it better. We have to do. <laughs> I don't care if we have to destroy all of humanity in the process. The one surviving human that knows everything about it, he will be better for it. Like that kind yeah. of, just, that's just the way it feels. Yeah. And so he he's trying to plead with him. He wants to do anything that will just allow him to get back to fucking work. Right. He's like he's like he's like, you know, I don't care if you don't want me to work for their guy, it doesn't matter. Just let me get back to work. I'll work for you if that's what you want. <laughs> all the progress, all of the data, it's yours. Just let right. me fucking work. And and so we're left at a moment and you're like, okay, so they're taking the scientist and then out of the fucking blue, what do we got? Oh, Miller. Bang, bang, motherfucker. Puts that Mateba into action, just shoots the dude right in the head. Just fucking no even warning or anything. Nope. It was like, oh, this is the guy responsible? No problem. Oh, this is the guy that killed killed fucking Julie Mao. Yes. And that's all that he can see. And and you realize now like why he wanted on this ship, because he just right. fucking wanted his revenge. Like Miller for in within this part of this book is I mean, he's just a very specific thing. He is just re- revenge. He's just yeah. A man on a mission, and he will not be sated until death for what happened to her. Right. Which makes him very erratic and very difficult to kind of deal with. And I think that's where the show actually ends, the episode. Yeah, it ends with him shooting him in the head and everyone kind of looking at him crazy. Like, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah. Goes over there and puts a couple more into him, just yeah. as a battlefield finish, and then uh, <laughs> walks out of the room. It's like, oh, I'm going to go get coffee now. God, he's a, like, he's so hard to deal with as a character. So, what else do we got happening on this episode? Mm. Well, back on Earth, Avasarala hires freelance by Kotiar Ghazi. Okay. And apparently there's some kind of history going on there because he uh, definitely didn't want to have a meeting with Avasarala. But, um, wait, was this the episode where Avasarala almost got blown up or was that the last one? That was the episode before this one. Yeah, but this is the one where, like, they're kind of, he now works for her, but... 
Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, kind of you know, not sure how he feels about that. He's still kind of warming up to her, I guess. Yeah. And then the rest of that was the uh, the planning of uh, taking this uh, science station. And uh, did you notice that the, uh, the breaching uh, pods were FedEx? I did not notice that, but that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. They, uh, they both had FedEx on the side of them. I was like, oh, okay. They're going to be like Husqvarna in the future. You know, just a hundred, couple hundred year old uh, corporations. I mean, this is, there's a few of those out there now. Yeah. I mean, they get bought up and sold pretty frequently now that it's... Yeah, many times. They just keep the the name going. So, but yeah, I don't know. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot more that I recall in the episode. I remember stuff happening. Yeah. I think we get all, uh, hit all the, uh, all the big points. Yeah. I mean, the big point is they found the, they found the guy, like you've got the Fred Johnson stuff. Yeah. That's all important. And then you've got the actual finding the scientist. Now, how, how have you gotten much farther than this in your viewing of the season? Or are we kind of catching up to where you made it to? You caught up right exactly where I was at. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, so that whole <laughs> the whole spaceship thing or the whole uh, virtual reality thing is going to we witness is going to play a big part in what's coming up. Yeah, and it looks like the scientists weren't playing VR games. I mean, they were calculating and doing stuff in the virtual reality. So, well, what, the thing that you want I want I want you to focus on though is like I don't care how immersed in like something you are, you typically will notice when when people happen to be in your peripheral. Yeah. Especially people firing weapons. Yeah. And, you know, screaming and... Well, that's the other thing. I mean, they're, like, tapping on their little headpieces and shaking them. And they don't fucking care. Right. Why don't they care? Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, and I know why, but <laughs> uh, it's good. Like, it's, it's, that's a whole little can of worms I'm, I'm pretty pumped to, to go down when we get there. <laughs> um, what are, I guess, what are the technicals? We'll call this a short episode today. Yeah, uh, Doors and Corners is the title of this episode. It was, uh... Well, I'm just out of curiosity, what is, uh, what's the significance of Doors and Corners? It might have been, like, uh, checking doors and checking your corners after you come through a door. It could be, like, a military tactic type thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's the military tactic. That's what you want to pay attention to is doors and corners because that's where things happen. Yeah. Something can be beyond that. Yeah. And that's what you have to be worried about. Yes. So my mount training has come into full effect today. So there you go. Uh, directed by the uh, Breck Eisner who did the last one. Episode was written by Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. Came out February 1st, 2017 and had a 0.7 rating. So it kept the same rating as the uh, season opener. Nice. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good bid on the show that it, it managed to keep that rating not granted not very high rating but. yeah well actually now that i'm looking at it i think the first two episodes were probably the premiere because there's they both were released on february 1st oh were they they did two episodes once yeah so it was like a two-hour season premiere thing well that's pretty dope that it managed to keep people watching for the second one that's that makes it work yep so out of curiosity i've been getting a lot of i've been getting some people asking we uh we talking guests at some point on the on the show i had i had some people yeah, ask sure. me about hey i wouldn't mind coming on and talking about about the show with you guys and i'm like i'm i'm game uh so sure if you people yeah. who actually listen to this uh let us know what you think you know you want to hear some other people's opinions on this stuff when we're talking about it i think i have a good guess that probably who asked first i bet you don't oh really i think you'd be really surprised at who asked first really it's not it's not a notable wine drinker it is not it's a it's a lawyer i know oh okay <laughs> say no more uh he's actually i think started working on the series from the beginning reading the books too that's a problem like so many people i know oh, okay. that would come on and talk <laughs> about it like they're they're reading books or like they decided like oh fuck it i gotta go back and read the whole series like when i read the books i just picked up the books <laughs> where the show ended up so but yeah 
Listen, we'll keep it a short one. It's it's been crazy creating content like this weekend with people blowing up and the cities being under house arrest. Uh, it's not made things any any easier. We'll say lot, lots of crazy shit going on out there. It's just when you're getting used to the weirdness of the the corona and things felt like they might level out again. Yeah, nope. Well, we had to go do something else. So, yep. Now we gotta now we gotta start the race war. And then later on, we'll we'll end up in the postman, and you know, we'll... hey man, didn't you used to be famous? Nah, man. You were famous. So maybe I should yeah. go watch The Postman today. That would make a good afternoon. <laughs> I like the character Ford Lincoln Mercury in there. I mean, they all have ridiculous names in that. Like, this is by far, like, by far my favorite Kevin Costner movie. And it gets shit on so much. Yeah, I want to say it was like at that time where he was like trying to hide a whole bunch of money from his uh, soon-to-be ex-wife so that she didn't get all. I'm not sure if this one was, but I know for a fact that that Waterworld was definitely that movie. That entire movie exists only to hide money from his ex-wife. Honey, I swear it's losing millions by the day. We gotta, you gotta capture all the angles. We had to like film this scene like fourteen times in a row. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Who knows? We'll never find that money. Uh, it was a Jessica Green. We, we actually, when we had her on, we talked about Kevin Costner films. And I, and I, I and yeah. I'm not one of those people. Like everyone likes Dances with Wolves. You know, it's the epic. And it's so powerful. And I'm like, kind of boring. Not really my thing. <laughs> yeah, it was an all right movie. I personally liked it. I like I like the sci-fi shit better. Like, I like it where post-apocalyptic world or, you know. We're... Well, you can have the sci-fi version of Dances with Wolves. We just call that Avatar. Oh, God. I was I watched someone tear that movie apart. I think I, think I was watching, like, the Critical Drinkers <laughs> video on it the other day. And it was, it's pretty brutal. And, and, and he even comes out the gate. Yeah. Like he then saying like I am a huge fan of of this dude, but man, did he miss the fucking mark on this one? <laughs> I went to go see it in the theater, and the moment the guy said, "This oh, is yeah. unobtainium," <laughs> this is why we're here. I literally bust out laughing. I was like, "No fucking way!" Really, you didn't even bother to change the names that you wrote in the fucking draft. Like you just kept those. <laughs> That's insane. And and you could have went to a chemist and said just off the wall like really super hard to find element out there well dude and cameron seriously like wrote like as well i think he created one of my favorite movies of all time uh which is what's the fucking water one? Oh, the abyss yeah the abyss a uh, great movie it's a fucking unreal movie so how do you go from the abyss and like yeah. how beautiful and majestic like that world is conceptually to avatar and it's just like yeah man ham-fisted this shit in here dude like if you just wanted to make a cartoon make a fucking cartoon like who has a lot of money on this <laughs> yeah it was, uh, i recently rewatched it because it's on disney plus and i was like i was like oh man this movie is so bad <laughs> well and the reason he was making the video is because apparently like that we're finally getting a sequel to it i say finally like we wanted one yeah he wanted to do five of them I'm like, what? What the fuck storyline? They didn't have enough story to make one movie, let alone more than one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was enough. One was enough. Even my poodle in the other room says one is enough. Dude, it's it's like at a certain point, the people around you have to say, <laughs> you know, dude, nah. Just put, put, put down the director's chair. We're good. <laughs> so, all right, Eric, you have yourself a good Sunday. And tell everybody out there, y'all take it easy. Yep. Yep.